Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Net Positive Podcast. A podcast which educates and inspires marketers, product managers, and companies in the best way to generate and optimize your flows. We're your hosts, Matt Brown and Jess Walker, and we will bring you the latest on how to improve your sign-up flow, increase your leads, and grow your business. Let's, Let's jump, jump in. in. Hello and welcome back to the Net Positive Podcast. Today we're talking to an absolute weapon of a marketer, product manager, growth hacker and tech whiz, Mr. V Nambury. V has built successful businesses, received prestigious awards, taught software boot camps, mentored startups at Blackbird and Incubate. He speaks regularly and the list goes on. Today we learn how to build an engaged online community, how to get your first 1,000 customers, tools to automate your marketing and how to create viral content that actually works. Let's dive in. G'day V, great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me on board. It's fantastic to be here. Now you've had a pretty incredible career and you know, look, we've had some some awesome people on this podcast, but you know, not many of them have built as many startups as you have. And that might be because you run a, a very successful startup studio, but we'd love to hear a little bit about your journey today. So uh, for the listeners who haven't met you before, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I've built so many businesses, but um, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll take it as a good thing. Also, I apologize, my psychotic dog is going to be going off the back and he'll stop soon um so we've got a fourth guest that's fine (laughs) yeah that's it that's it so quick background i started an agency about four years ago i honestly just kicked it off purely because i wanted to work on a bunch of products on my own and that eventually uh, the agency taking off was a mistake it was just something i wanted to do where i wanted to quit and then work on something give it a shot this was 2017 this was when uh, Gary V was not as toxic. He still is, but um, <laughs> it, it, uh, I'm joking for Gary V fans. Um, I, I used to like him a lot. So yeah, I just started working on a bunch of projects and eventually the agency took off more than it was meant to and we scaled a bit. But the roots of the business was always to be a product house in the sense that I spin up my own projects and see which one takes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, there's a person called Andrew Wilkinson uh, based in Canada. Um, he's basically someone, he's someone who built a meta labs, massive agency, owns a bunch of internet businesses like dribble did the design work for Slack and a bunch of other companies. And he was the ultimate inspiration. He ran an agency and, uh, scaled it, but also built heaps of very successful internet mm. businesses that he bought and owned. And that was essentially the model I was going to look for um, as he called it the Warren Buffett of SaaS businesses. Yeah, that's pretty much how it started. And uh, the only reason why we keep ourselves separate from the thousands of agencies is we eat our own dog food. We have our own products. Um, I've learned a lot. So some have worked, some have not worked. So I'm happy to share as much as I know about the things um, that I know. So what did you do to get to this point? Yeah, well, look, what what made you go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of, of whatever I was doing previously. I'm going to go build some things. Great question. So background was mechanical engineering. Uh, came out of uni and then um, learned how to code. Uh, and then right off that, started teaching in um, a bunch of boot camps. I really liked the concept of teaching. So I, I started teaching online on uh, Udemy. And I don't know, it was that weirdest feeling that waking up at two o'clock in the morning and getting a $2 ping. <laughs> <laughs> Success. Yeah. Uh, it was two bucks. It was, it was the least profitable, loss heavy thing I did in my life. I think the course took a month and a half to do and I made like four grand out of it. Wow. <laughs> but the point was just the fact that I didn't need to be doing mm. something and we're as we were attached to that concept that time is linear to revenue. That's pretty much what sort of got me going. Ironically, I started an agency, which is the most unscalable business models in the world. And the reason why I'm here right now is pretty much just because I wanted to build a bunch of my own products and see where it takes us. And that's pretty much just been the game since then. Does the course still earn you anything? Yeah, it does. I, 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 it pays my Netflix bills. <laughs> nice. 
And so for those that don't know, Vi is basically the master of growth hacking, growth marketing, building products, selling products. I'm talking to you up a lot, aren't I? Uh, This is is lead generation for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Affiliate, please. (laughs) Let's say you build a new product or someone comes to you with a new product and you say, I want to take this to market. What are the first steps that you take with that? The first thing I do is initially just work out whether this is something that we want to build. Um, and I think this is what everyone needs to focus on. As, as an agency, as a person, uh, you, you're only as good as your last win. Um, so the first question I ask is, um, it, it's, a, it's a framework, and I'll share it with you over here. You can put it up in the link um, if someone else wants to look at it down the road. Um, the, the framework comes down to understanding what the actual problem the customer is trying to solve is, uh, whether they can solve it, and what's the easiest way to market, and what's the business model behind mm-hmm. it. So I kick off with the idea. So let's just say uh, it's something to do with um, training a chatbot to answer Shopify questions for customers. Let's go with that. Um, and then I talk about the problem. Uh, so what exactly is the problem in the sense that it's a large influx of um, dropshippers and NYZ people. So they don't exactly have customer support, but they want to grow into that. So there's a problem that they're facing there. Then I go into distribution. Distribution is very important, is to basically try to understand how exactly am I going to sell this business? Who am I going to sell it to? Where am I going to find these people? And what exactly are they doing right now instead of my product? So because every solution is replacement of another solution. Mm-hmm. Right after that, who, who am I selling to? I mean, you'd be surprised the number of people who don't know who they're selling to. And um, as, as you know, running a VC, that's probably a question that some of the people that pitch to actually don't have an answer to as well. Um, concerning, but it's, it's a true fact. And then finally is when I actually get to the solution. Is okay, I have an idea, I have a problem, I know where I can sell to, I know who I'm selling to, what exactly am I building? Okay, cool. Let's build a bot that answers a bunch of questions that integrates into someone's Shopify store. Right? I look for competition. Then I ask myself or I ask the other person is, can they actually sell this? Do they have any industry networks? Can they do something? Uh, an example I give is, um, have you both heard of Masterclass? Yes, yes. absolutely. Great concept. Mm, right? We actually interviewed the VP of marketing for Masterclass. Fantastic, yeah. right? That's great. Everyone I know has thought about that idea. Yeah. But I have no idea how to contact Gordon Ramsay, right? I, I don't know where to find him or how to do that. So, but I know if you put enough will and effort to anything, yes, you can, but it's about lowering the barrier to resistance when you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I look at is two main things, which is the problem cost. What it, is it costing someone right now? Um, a numerical, it's a quantifiable end result. Like, is it actually costing you right now? Is an accountant charging you $4,000? Is lack of customer support? Can you physically show me that this person got frustrated and therefore didn't purchase, which means it's costing you 50 bucks, right? Um, and the other thing is knowledge gap. It's probably the most important thing that people don't talk about a lot is what is the knowledge gap between where you want your customer to be and where they are right now and how long of a gap is it for your product to fill it? Shopify does so bloody well and so does Webflow and all these tools is because the knowledge gap yep. is so aggressively high for their audience base. You go to a mom and pop shop who've never, some people, like we think, because we're on the internet, we think that setting up a website is just second nature for us. But sure. you ask um, someone who's a lawyer who's never used the internet, they have no idea what a DNS is. They have no idea what hosting mm. is, right? So that knowledge gap is high. So if you can find something with a large knowledge gap and fulfill it, it's a win. And uh, just to drag on for this, if you ever watch YouTube videos of setting up a Shopify store, you'll end up seeing this person saying, all right, everyone, um, this is going to get quite complex now. And they'll open up um, the, the, the editor and they'll remove like one line of HTML, right? Yep. And 
the comments section is going crazy. Oh, I feel like a programmer. This is the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's good. But then again, when I, when I step back, I'm like, that's easy for me who's been programming. But for an outside mm. person, that knowledge gap is extremely high. So you tend to, you know, um, offset that a bit. And then, yeah, the last thing is the typical VC question. Is it a painkiller? Is it a um, um, vitamin? And then based upon that is when I finally decide whether I take on this project with someone or if I take on a project myself, uh, just have that matrix on and then measure it out. Just to use one of your products as a case study then. So, so you launched a business called Smart Rider and you managed to get a thousand users in just the first four weeks from launch. Now, what are some of the steps you put in place prior to launch to set yourself up for success? Because it feels like an overnight success when you see that, but surely there's, there's a fair bit that was baked in previously. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that came off the bat of another product that got like 100 users. So. Right. <laughs> and it's been on for a long time. Um, the principle is simple. It's pretty much, um, if you look at that sheet that I sent you one of <clears throat> down the road, uh, you will have a Google Sheet link. That's You have Smart Writer's role over there. I've actually written it down um, so people can see the thesis behind it. Awesome. The principle was simple. Um, the reason why it happened, uh, so the, the problem was, Everyone's trying to send the templated messages. Mm-hmm. Um, personalization is the future. And some people have heard of this thing called Lemlist or whatever it is, which is basically um, you're putting personalized images. The thing with that or anything that is growth hacky is it's not sustainable. Right. It eventually drives out, right? It's good, but when a, it, it's different between a tide and a wave, right? So um, it's exciting, but it goes away. So a text personalization never goes. So I said, okay, um, timing is important. So firstly, there's this thing called GPT-3 that came out, for those yep. who are aware, um, generative predictive text. Um, it's a really scary NLP model. Um, and everyone went batshit crazy building a bunch of apps and there was a validation market out there. Um, so we knew that the customer was, uh, there's a market for this, people paying for it. But I wanted to find a niche because as the saying goes, you know, um, riches and niches, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, the easiest way for me to validate a business was cold out, like, Sales, like how can I, someone pay 50 bucks or something and then get at least 50 bucks in return? Because if it's at least net, 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 net neutral, then I'm happy, right? The customer doesn't need to feel bad mm-hmm. that they've bought a product. Um, so with that thesis in mind, I went out to market saying, look, uh, here's a problem that I faced. Um, when I would do outreach using my agency, et cetera, it was extremely difficult. And um, what most people realize when you get marketing advice online, it's very annoying where they tell you okay do seo i'm like i know i have to do seo i get that <laughs> right but it, that's not going to work for another eight months I, I can't eat bread for eight months so uh, unfortunately fortunately um cold outreach is something that's never going to go away at yep. least for the first three months of the business then everything else picks up yeah, we, we like to call it sales-led product-led growth that's it right yeah so we'll, we'll take that vc time for it well sales-led product-led growth is what we're going to go with um and um Everyone does it. Like some of the biggest companies in the world do it. So I said, all right, audience is there. I just need to find a tweak to an existing market, which is this GP3 world. People are doing all this copywriting software, which is great. Uh, I put up a message out on Reddit. I put up a message out on a bunch of Facebook groups and the response was good enough. And I was speaking to Jess about this actually is how people use low barrier of entries as form of validation, where you, you can't twist validation to meet your own narrative. Mm. Uh, in the sense that, um, cool, you've got 1,500 email addresses. That means nothing, right? Um, anyone can put in their email address. Right? So it's like when you go to um, an event and you, you, you shake your hand with Kevin Hart, you think he's your best friend. It's not. That's the least they could have done for you, right? 
So it, it's about how do you increase your barrier to entry to then validate that this is actually someone who is interested in your product. And that can be through content marketing, outreach, asking for money. It's three, three pillars, right? Commitment of money, commitment of time, commitment of reputation. Right? So if you can get either of those three things, then you're basically in a form of validation. So to your early question, how did I get 1,000 users? Um, it's uh, pain point marketing. Simple. Uh, Facebook groups are, regardless of what people say about Facebook, et cetera, all that jazz, groups are a fantastic place. Mm. It's, uh, maybe Facebook as a business is dead, but the groups is thriving and living. That's how I know a lot of people make money. Um, I reached out, I joined a few paid groups. A lot of people don't know this. Paid groups are a fantastic place to go ahead and validate a business because if someone's paying for something, it's mm -hmm. a curated audience. It's not just everyone random there. So I was part of Trends, Visualize Value, a bunch of other paid groups that you find on Twitter that these people are trying to build audiences. You can join a bunch of newsletters. Most of these newsletters end up having their own paid communities, like mm -hmm. Trends.vc or um, Software Ideas. There's a bunch of these out there. Um, so I joined those and pretty much just, yeah, uh, I didn't ask them for advice or I didn't ask them for feedback. I pretty much just started sharing um, value posts, right? Which is uh, 18 ways to go ahead and make sure you don't end up in spam. Clickbaity, but they work, right? Very clickbaity. Extremely yeah. clickbaity, extremely um, um, cringy, but you know what? They work. They work. Um, they clickbait. Despite what people say, this, despite what I think, um, but, but he, he, it's not clickbaity for the sake of clickbait. It's clickbaity at the top, but you really need to hook them in. You need to mm. buy their, uh, their um, I don't know who said this. I think it was uh, uh, Dave Gerhardt. Um, he's the C CMO of um, some Shopify app. And it's pretty much the same thing where your first paragraph gives you the right to get them to read the second paragraph. The second gives them the third. The third gives them the fourth. So it's not like I started all oh, 14 code email stuff and I'm just pitching my product. Um, mm. I don't even mention my product, actually. Um, Instead, what I actually do is when I do mention my product, I don't put the URL in it. So what ends up happening is people copy that URL, they paste it on Google, and then what ends up happening on that side is I'm running paid ads so that I rank on the on the top. But my paid my CPC is like 0 0.001 because no one's like um, uh, competing for my unknown brand. Until now. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm ranking on top for that exact uh, thing. So then what ends up happening is my natural ranking on Google picks up, right? So then eventually when that picks up, then Google just tends to like my domain a little mm. better, even though my domain rating is not the highest. Uh, so I naturally start ranking um, higher. That's a pretty bold move to do that, to not put the URL and make the customer work harder, then go to Google, then paste it to get your Google ranking up. It's just, it's it's cool. just all these different, because most of the time, if you put it on the post, people are just so tired of, it, it just sort of, it's like when someone's trying to give you a compliment, but they put but at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. It just it just gets rid of the whole thing. So then yeah. you're trying to share all this value and then boom, you're like, oh, check out my product. You, you tend to start asking, okay, what of this is true mm. versus what if it is just something that I want, what is confirmation bias mm. that I want to hear, right? So most of the time I don't put anything that I'm promoting in the post itself or I leave it in the comment section. Mm -hmm. Another tiny thing I do is I ask a friend to leave a comment saying, hey, what's this cool app? And then I link my thing, right? So it looks like it's organic. Someone's asking for it. And then... Uh, after that, what I end up doing on the comment section as well, saying, oh, if you're interested, here's my URL, so have a look at it. So there's a bunch of Facebook posts, a bunch of Reddit posts. Um, Quora is okay. It's not the best. Um, and then the, the last thing that I would end up doing or have done is uh, taking all the people who've gone ahead and um, visited my site, gone uh, indie hackers, growth hackers, 
bunch of other websites that are um, content-driven community forums. Value posts only, get them there. And then eventually I've got a very warm pixel of targeted customers and mm. then maybe we target them here and there if I have to. I actually am not done paid for Smart Rider yet. I will do very soon. But pretty much a 1,000 users. It was 800 users that I, I got to. And the 800 users then were combined with the viral trafficking. I don't know if it was called viral. Then pretty much just incentivized them to add an, an amount of people to get them to the top. Um, and that got me to the 1,000 users. Uh, it actually got me to 1,400 wait list, out of which only 300 converted. Um, mm. And then after the 300, the other, it was the next four weeks, it was pretty much just aggressively incentivizing these 300 to add more people. What kind of incentives were they? So we, we're lucky where we run a credit-based product where we mm-hmm. offer like, you know, 50 outreach emails or mm-hmm. 100 outreach emails, et cetera. And once someone likes a product, we easily track that. Uh, pretty much just tell them, look, you have two options. You invite 10 people, I'll give you a crap ton more credits free. Mm-hmm. Um, you invite a crazy amount of people, I'll just give you the app for free for um, three months or something of nice. that sort, right? Always limited because everything, no one appreciates free, right? So offer it for three months maximum, right? But at that point, I've got this, this person basically become a super user. Like I don't care how much money they're paying me. Like the 49 bucks really doesn't matter in comparison to the 50 people they've um, recommended me, the Twitter posts they've written for me, mm-hmm. the case studies they've done. It just adds no value at all. Like the maths doesn't add up. So I wouldn't care. So that's what I did. Uh, if for those who are interested, there's a book called Contagious. Mm-hmm. And uh, it talks about the science behind virality. And the principle basically comes down to people like importance. Right? If they feel important, they spread something because yeah. it makes them look better in their social circles. It makes them look et cetera, et cetera. So your job is to go ahead and make sure whatever you write makes your customer look good or the person who's reading it makes them look good when they share it to their network. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, through, through what you were just chatting about then, um, obviously the use of Facebook groups and communities, um, you know, and it's great to go join somebody else's and to obviously use that as, as sort of fertile ground. But have, has there ever been a time when you've built one from scratch? And how do you think about going about building a community from scratch if, if like a community doesn't exist for the thing that you're going after? Yeah, great question. Uh, that's what I'm doing for Smart Rider right now. Um, we've got a community of 600 people who are all users within the business. And now they're sharing ideas and tips and tricks mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. How did you get them into the group? incentivize them yeah <laughs> carrot dangle the carrot uh, we've got people on the app right and then pretty much what i tell them is join the facebook group mm-hmm. when they join the facebook group i then put it you, you can put like that block message um approval message where i say um the top five people every week will get 100 credits oh, um, wow. top most cool. engaged people right so then what that does is then again creates a a, a community within people mm. and then what i've done is i don't just put the top five i put the top 10 so the sixth person can see how close they were to being in the top five. Uh-huh. So next week, they're going to go double as hard to make sure that they're engaging, they're adding value, they're blah, blah, blah. And then sooner than later, the community is no longer just people who use the product, but it's other people interested in the concept behind cold emailing or outreach or growth or whatever the, the business is about. Growing a community is hard. Uh, I won't lie. It's very difficult. Mm. Um, but if you've got the right people in check, it, it does help. Um, after reading a lot about how people have built communities, it's a lot about going to other communities that already exist. And each community, it, it's maybe there's a community about SaaS growth hacking or something mm-hmm. like that, right? You don't want the SaaS growth hacking aspect. Maybe you just want people in the product space in that SaaS growth hacking group. So then you start writing very niche content around that 
in this group. And then eventually they start joining this community of yours. Um, and usually a community, if associated with an app, really helps. So you can incentivize them with um, engagement and this and that and so on and so forth. And in terms of, I mean, you were saying before that growth, ha- growth hacking isn't a sustainable approach, but what kind of tools are out there that can help you automate these types of growth hacks or growth marketing tactics? Some of them, there are tools. Some of them, it's just trying to work out what best you can make of it. And look, I generally don't think I'm a growth hacker. I'm just trying to, it's survival mode. It's pretty much <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever's going to make me money, I'm going to do. So um, that makes you start thinking in a different way. Uh, I'll give you an example of what we did for that and I'll jump into the tools. So everyone gets hit with spam mail, right? Someone trying to sell a product or service, etc. And uh, I realized they are my customer. Is these people who are already, these people are facing the problem. These are my audiences, right? Um, so what I did was I signed up to one of my old emails from high school that I said, I'm just gets hit with all the spam from people trying to sell all sorts of products and services. Yep. So I knew which newsletters or websites that I had to add my email to, to then get my email sold to someone else and then just start getting hammered with that stuff. So now what I do is I pretty much just set up a bot where if I get a spam message from a customer or this person saying, hey, I offer uh, SEO services, I just respond back to them saying, this email is kind of bad, but uh, thank you for reaching out. If you want to get 80% reply rates or 40% open rates, check out SmartRider. <laughs> you, 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 you sell the spammers. I love it. That's it. I, I'm not much of a growth hacker kind of person, but I would say best automation tool you can go for there is Phantom, uh, Phantom Buster. It's great to go ahead and do large-scale scraping, outreach, and so on and so forth. There's another product called Texau, T-E-X-A-U, with Tex, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, pretty much a copy-paste of Phantom Buster, but um, they offer the similar approach where you can uh, find emails of people via Instagram, message them, reach out to them, or Twitter, whatever it is. Uh, there's another one I, uh, I learned about recently, which is actually pretty cool. Um, it's called Howitzer. Um, so what Howitzer does is, is it takes on the infamous Reddit marketing which is Reddit. Yeah. So you pretty much go ahead and find out segments of people who are talking about a certain topic in Reddit. And then it gets all their usernames and then it lets you DM them directly. Yeah. Right. So I think that's because Reddit is notorious for blocking any promotional mm. content. Right. Um, I still haven't had even a single post of mine approved by entrepreneurs. It's very frustrating, but um, I've ended up going through a bunch of other um, subreddits, but this is an easy way for you to go through that. Um, the other thing you can do is, again, I think it's being part of the community and part of groups. It's, it's mm. a very cliche thing to say, but if you join a bunch of Facebook groups, which literally has the word hack in it, um, you'll see people sharing ideas and strategies and tips and tricks and so on and yeah, so forth. Absolutely. Um, I think another thing I spoke about is called brand hacking, right? Which is if you're an accounting software, just write tips and tricks on how to use zero. Sure. Simple, right? No one cares about you. They care about zero. But then at the bottom, you can be like, hey, by the way, we do this. Check us Way out. Way better than zero. Check us out. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, yeah. that's pretty much what you end up doing. So uh, again, it's sustainable hacking. I don't want to put it. If it were to go down black hat, I would honestly say um, automation software is another one. Um, then using, uh, what's it called? Quora Co, which is actually a pretty good tool as well. Because uh, Quora doesn't let you actually search for questions that have um, rankings on answers and so on and so forth. So the, uh, the old way to do it was use a combination of SEMrush or Ahrefs, which is mm-hmm. an SEO tool, to then go ahead and work out which, let's say you want to rank for uh, social media marketing. Um, you will f- uh, Ahrefs will tell you which type of um, keyword 
is where Quora ranks the first page, right? And so then you can answer that question. So then you get natural organic juice from it. Very low, but you get something. It's still not the best and most dependable, but this Quora tool, I'll send it across to you, I need to get the name right, lets you essentially set Quora's index to work out um, how much actual SEO traffic is coming from it, how many people have answered it, um, what's the chance of it going viral, and so on and so forth. So that's a really good tool you can use to just attack Quora every single day and just build up some uh, nice um, impressions. Awesome. This is definitely a good uh, growth hacker 101 tools yeah, and tricks. Like anyone who's listening here is going to be having, like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to listen back and take yeah. some notes for sure. Um, I, I want to actually like kind of dive into, you know, one, one of your big successes, of course, is, you know, you on your LinkedIn, it says you started five to one in May 2017 with $500 and grew it to seven figures and 10 team members in 11 months and 28 days. I love how specific it is. Great yes, storytelling. Yes, it was very specific. <laughs> like, uh, you know, what about you and what about what you were building do you think were the sort of key ingredients that made you as successful as you were in such a short period of time? I still think I'm a long way from success, but I'll, I'll take any compliment I can get. I'm going to send this to my mom saying, Mom, look. <laughs> I made it, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Validation, Mom. So the reason why I had that exact date was just because it was something that I just had to put to myself. That's all. It was, it was, it was not a number that I care about. I was never going after it. Like I was not going to show off or something. It's a very straightforward person. It was just something that I had to prove to myself. Where I was like, crap. Um, I quit a very good job. I was in very good salary. Um, the opportunity cost had to make up for it. So sure. will this actually add up? Right. Mm. What did your mom say? Uh, mom said, cool. <laughs> oh, that's good. Go, mom. <laughs> he said, "Cool. Um, spend it wisely." I was like, "Yay! This is, this is nice. <laughs> cool." Thanks, mom. So, I think the only reason that it's worked out for us for that is two, and and I strongly believe in this is timing. Yep. Um, and second thing was uh, heavy product focus. So, if anyone goes to our website, if they want to, even though we're a dev shop, we don't focus on where React, Vue, or any of the tech. You go to a website, it's quite clear in daylight. Um, this is how much money this person makes. These are how many users this person has. So, so when I started off the agency first three months, it was really tough because I was very techie focused. And then I soon came to resonate with a shit. People only care about it's 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 well with them, right? What what's in it for me? So people don't care about the view, the node, or how fast my server is. The outcome of how fast my server is is how quick my customers are going to experience better product. Yeah. So it was that change in mindset for me where it was 2017, I was a software engineer. And then 2017, mid to 2018 was when I became a founder or whatever you want to call it, where I was like, okay, it's, it's not about the, the, the solution. It's about the outcome of the solution. The other thing was I built a Udemy course called um, how to build a React app in React Native app in one hour, right? Again, trying my best to be clickbaity. And then what I would do is I would take that app, which was actually 48 minutes long, and I would send it to CTOs across Australia saying, hey, I know you're no longer maybe coding, but here's something you can kick back in the evening and have a, have a quick watch, and then they'll inspire you to start programming again down the road. Yeah, um, cool. So, And I made the app free. So with Udemy, the hack is if you make the app free, you get a boatload of people signing up very fast, and then you immediately block it and make it a paywall. Um, so I, I made it free, and I got like about 1,000 people. didn't matter. And then I made it a paywall. So then what every other person sees is they think that I've got 1,500 into 50 bucks, right? So they think that it's a very valid. I, I thought that. 
until right now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's clever. There you go, right? There you go. So um, so that's the thesis behind that, what I did. So then I have a bunch of CTOs like, oh, that looks really cool, very impressive. And then they invite me to, and this is React in 2016. It was very new back then. Um, so again, timing. So I would go ahead and uh, do courses. I basically teach these big companies about Vue.js, React, or whatever it is. And that was my in. I was a one-person company at that point. That was my in to basically teach these people. And then they, they trust me enough, and then they give me a project. And the second thing, just to add on, was blockchain. So we got into crypto game very, very early. Um, very early. And so your next, your next one's going to be how I made... 15 figures through crypto by getting <laughs> early. I, I, I've lost so much money through crypto. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, we obviously left the crypto space um, when the 2018 crash came in, but it was good enough to sort of get us that momentum to then focus on web apps or other things that then helped to build, build a reputation for us. So um, timing, timing, timing is all I would say. And mm-hmm. there's a YouTube video by the person called, it's I think called Startup Factory. So he built about 500 businesses, very successful ones, very ones that failed as well. And he broke down what are the four key things that he learned with his company building hundreds of hyper successful multi-billion dollar businesses. And he said 40% of the reason was timing. I think um, this is probably one of the most educational podcasts we've done. Just We're going to have to write lots of show notes for this one. We, we might turn this into a Udemy course, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, not, let's not put this on the podcast. The, the course yeah. is still good. I still, I, I still vouch for the course. The course is still good. Um, <laughs> despite the growth hack, the, the course is still good. <laughs> Amazing. So I mean, you've obviously just inspired quite a few people who will listen to this podcast, but <laughs> where do you courses. go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to his course, Udemy. Where do you go to for inspiration or what do you read? What are you listening to? Where do you learn more? Um, I'm reading a lot about uh, a lot of mindset books these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying my best not to sound like Jay Shetty, who I do not like, um, or <laughs> very inspirational. But I do think um, that the Henry Ford quote, you know, uh, is whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. I never got mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. until I was speaking to someone of someone. And yeah, it's, it's really important in, in the end is if, if you don't think you can, you probably won't. Right. Um, yeah. So it's all about tuning my brain in the past um, to sort of move away from, okay, it, it, it needs to happen and this is how it's going to happen. And uh, so I read The Slight Edge. I think it was recommended on an Instagram post by the founder of Sweat. But it's Toby, Toby, um, Toby something. Uh, Slight Edge is a great book. Um, a lot of, uh, I stay away from self-help. I mainly go towards productivity. Um, mm-hmm. So Slight Edge, Atomic Habits, um, yeah. The One Thing and so on and so forth. They're great. Uh, other places, Twitter, by far one of the best educational um, uh, forums in, in the world, uh, depending on who you follow. I just got told that I, uh, I've been on Twitter for eight years today and I didn't use it for the first seven. I've only just started using it. <laughs> enough, so. I'm, I'm just like you. So I signed up to Twitter, I think, in 2012 and I only started using Twitter in 2020. Who do you follow to, to learn from on Twitter? People like, uh, so you can follow the generalists like Naval Ravikant, um, I think it's Balaji S. He was the uh, CoinSpot co-founder. Tobias. Oh, Balaji, yeah. Yeah, Tobias Lutke from like um, yeah. uh, Spotify. So those are the brain, the bigger brains who, mm. who share more generalistic knowledge. And then you have, you end up finding these people in the nits and corners of the internet. Like uh, there's a guy called John Yongfuk. I don't know if I got his name right. He, he uh, talks about how he bootstrapped his uh, 
a business. He quit a 250K job as a software engineer and he boosted up his business to like 20,000 MRR over three years and talked about how long it takes to build a business. And um, you obviously have people like um, Dom Holland from Australia who built Fast. Um, so a bunch of these people, I think Twitter is great. You follow two or three and then it just, your feed is curated just for these type of people. Um, I think they're great. There's one by this guy called... Uh, Oh my God. Lenny, Lenny something. Um, yeah, Lenny's newsletter is incredible. Yeah, I, I, I'll butcher his last name. Yeah, yeah. Lenny Richitsky. He was ex-product and uh, ex-product of Airbnb. Solid content. Um, last final wrap-up question for you: um, If you were to go back in time and tap yourself on the shoulder when you say, "Hey, Mum, I'm going to go quit my job and go start a business," like what would be the one piece of advice you'd give five years ago, V, or ten years ago, V? I would definitely not tell myself how hard it is. I probably wouldn't do it, um, to be honest. Um, if I knew what I knew now, I'm like, yeah, nah, there's better ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, if if I were to do that, I'd definitely say um, distribution is everything. Um, anyone can build a product. No one can build a, a sales cures all. Yep. Mark Cuban's old. Um, so yeah, distribution is everything. That's what I would say. That is a great piece of advice to wrap up on. So Veen Amburi, founder at 5 to 1 Product Shop, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Thank you for listening to the Net Positive Podcast brought to you by Upflowy.